Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, hello, my friends. Thank you for being so patient with me. I'm so glad that I'm able to come back and do my next episode of this podcast. It's going to be episode 46, Eight Ways to Ease Pain and Improve Sleep. Uh, Before I get started, I wanted to kind of let you know that I had a setback in regards to my medication. And I'm only human. I'm going to do it by accident. You know, when we all think about our pain and how bad it can be and how bad it gets, we're always trying to find a relief to kind of relieve it a little bit if, if possible. Well, this is what I did. I'd already taken my pain meds, and about two or three hours later, my pain came back which usually doesn't happen that quickly. But it came back, and I couldn't figure out any other way to prevent or to stop the pain, so I took another one of my pain meds, and I paid the price. You know, I started getting real bad stomach cramps, and finally I went to the bathroom and was vomiting. And that's my fault. And I learned a lesson there, and I hope I don't go back to doing that again. But... You know, everybody has setbacks. We all do. You know, and we got to go and just move forward beyond that. And just remember the day that you did that and how you felt. Maybe that will curve your pain or maybe that will help you to think about what the consequences can be by doing that. So I just wanted to pass that along to you. And let you know what happened with me. Because I'm not perfect. And that's about it. But thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for understanding that I needed some time away uh, last week from the podcast. Just to uh, get my senses back to uh, what they were before. And to overcome the pains and issues I had last week. But thank you again. So let's go ahead and get started here. So, again, we're talking about eight ways to ease pain and improve your sleep. All right, so here we go. First, a little introduction here. You're tired and would like nothing better than to crawl into bed and descend into the comforting arms of a deep sleep. But if you are one of the 58.9% of adults who experienced pain of any kind in the past three months, according to the National Center of Health Statistics, That's not so easy. And if that pain is chronic, like 
or lack of restorable sleep can become a serious health matter. Dysfunctional sleep leads to high blood pressure, cardiac issues and problems, and congenitive issues. Equally important for people who suffer from chronic pain is the lack of sleep can make perception of pain more intense. It's been reported before from the Journal of Clinical Sleep Medicine reported that the poor sleep is associated with increased pain intensity, fatigue, depression, and difficulty in daily functioning in people living with rheumatoid arthritis. So if you have these issues, talk to your doctor about sleep problems. If you haven't already done so, get a full assessment from a healthcare provider, in particular a pain management specialist or psychiatrist, if there are any in your area. It is important to know the source of your pain as the treatment may vary considerably based on the cause of the pain. They may also recommend physical therapy. Alright, so here we go. How do, how do you sleep? Check your sleep position. Number one, you want to keep your body in the most neutral position as possible. I generally don't recommend that anybody sleep on their stomach because it causes your neck to turn and can cause shoulder and upper back issues. For lower back pain and hips, sidelining on your back can be good. Bend your knees and put a pillow between them. And that's actually what I do. If you are sidelining, be sure your hips are aligned and not twisting over your body. Number two, what is your bed like? Adjust the mattress if needed. Is your mattress triggering pressure points on your body? If so, use pillows to get your feet up and support your back and, and slip into between the knees. Sometimes, hugging a full body pillow helps. If you want, you can invest in an adjustable bed that can mechanically get you into a comfortable position. Also, mattresses need to be changed every 7 to 10 years. A lot of people are sleeping on mattresses that are 20 to 30 years old. These don't help support your back or your neck when you're sleeping. Then pain makes it difficult to sleep, which leads to increased pain, causing more sleep disruptions, and starting a horrible cycle. Alright, number three. Are you using a good pillow? The head cushion is critical. Your pillow should support your head in a way that keeps your neck in a neutral position. There is no inflection down or up. Your neck should be level with your chest. Number four. Have you prepped for comfortable rest? Apply heat or cold packs on pain points pre-sleep. Or take a warm or cool shower. Hot versus cold is based on pref personal preference. Warming or icing can help reduce the swelling or inflammation that causes pain. Apply for around 15 minutes checking skin to make sure that it is not being damaged due to extreme temperatures and never fall asleep on a hot or cold pack. Alright, number five, assess your mindset. Practice mindfulness, meditation, tai chi, or gentle yoga. There is a psycho, well, psychosocial aspect of pain. 
When you're feeling stressed or anxious, it increases your sensitivity and lowers your threshold to your chronic pain. And it's going to take less to trip those to trip some of those same rip sensors. These practices can also open up your breathing. When you are in pain a lot, you tend to do uh, shallow breathing. This lack of oxygen increases lactic acid built up in your muscles, which causes more pain. Deep breathing techniques can help eliminate the part that part of pain. There is a lot of fear when it comes to pain. Mind-body work can help you manage that fear, which may lessen the experience of pain. All right, number six. Unfortunately, when you are in pain, your instinct may be to sleep or nap a lot as in an escape. But there is only so much sleep your body can sustain. If you try to sleep too much, you are only setting yourself up for a fractured cycle that is neither restorative or effective. Go to sleep and wake up within an hour of the same time every single day, even on weekends. If you need naps, take one or two short ones before two or three. Number seven, if you have been, oh, this one's mind, your meds, be careful with pain medications. And here's my issue. <laughs> if you have been prescribed pain medications, know that there are some that can interfere with sleep, either falling asleep or staying asleep. Have a thorough discussion with your physician about the pros and cons. Pain medications can sometimes put you between a rock and a hard place. You don't sleep well without them, but sometimes you can't sleep without them. Some may make you groggy, but then you don't stay asleep, as sedation and sleep are not the same thing. Some can interfere with breathing. Medications are not a perfect solution. If you decide to take them, talk to your doctor immediately if you have experienced side effects. All right, number eight, don't forget best practices. Follow sleep hygiene guidelines. The same steps that help pain-free people sleep will help you too. Avoid caffeine or alcohol late in the day. Don't eat large dinners. Limit use of phone, TV, and computer and other screens a few hours before bedtime. The blue light can interfere with sleep. Sleep in a cool place in a quiet room. Don't strenuously exercise right before bed. Try gentle stretching instead. Give bright natural light exposures during the day. Sunlight helps reset your circadian rhythm, which helps you sleep. Okay, still got a little bit of time, so what I want to talk about is mindful base stress reduction. And that has kind of ties into what we've been talking about. But mindful based stress reduction is a popular mind body intervention associated with a variety of health and wellness benefits, including helping people cope with chronic pain. Mindfulness is an ancient practice rooted in uh, Buddhist and Hindu teachings. It's based on the principles of attention, awareness, and being present, and is meant to calm the mind and evokes a sense of relaxation among other goals. This is how it works. 
Mindful-Based Stress Reduction is an eight-week stress reduction program focused on intensive mindfulness training. It's now used in hundreds of hospitals, clinics, and medical centers around the world. The course uses various practices of mindfulness, including body scan, gentle yoga, and sitting meditations. Its aim is to help practitioners get in touch with their present thoughts, sensations, and emotions so they can gain better insight into their own behavioral problems, particularly when it comes to how they react in stressful situations. The main goal of MBSR is to help people learn that while they cannot always control what is happening around them, they can decide how to respond to it. So here's some uh, other health benefits to the MBSR. Heart issues such as coronary heart disease by reducing blood pressure stress, stress and symptoms of anxiety and depression. It can help with the gastrointestinal issues including irritable bowel syndrome and inflammatory bowel disease. It can help with the skin conditions such as psoriasis by reducing stress, a common trigger for, for those symptoms. Diabetes, by helping those living with the condition manage stress and psychosocial issues that come with the lifestyle changes necessary to manage diabetes. It can help with menopause by reducing psychological symptoms of depression and anxiety. It can help with multiple sclerosis by improving perceived stress and anxiety. And the quality of life in people with cancer helps by reducing anxiety, fear, and fatigue. And finally, research has found that MBSR has numerous benefits for overall health and emotional well-being. For example, studies show that people who practice MBSR are better able to focus on the present moment and less likely to worry about repeatedly think about negative thoughts or experiences. Other research suggests that participating in meditation programs like mindfulness-based stress reduction improves memory, uh, improves flexibility, and self-awareness. And studies have shown that mindful stress reduction leads to reduced psychological stress. MBSR can also help with symptoms of depression and anxiety. One study found significant reduction in depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation in veterans following mindfulness-based stress reduction programs. The intervention has also been shown to improve sleep quality and mental health in people with insomnia. In athletes, MBSR has been found to improve well-being, sleep quality, and athletical performance. So like always, I'll make sure that I post all the information on my Facebook page so you're able to uh, read all the information because there's some that I left out. So that will give you a thorough, I'll give you thorough information that you can go by. But remember, if you make any changes, talk to your doctor and let him know what's going on. All right. Well, again, thank you for being so patient. I'm glad I could do this again and get going and have less pain doing it. 
But you guys take care of yourself. I want you to get outside, get as much sun, and be around family as much as possible. Or even just read a book outside. That's what I've been doing lately, and that's really refreshing to do. Okay, so I will talk to you guys next Monday. Be safe and be well. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.